Geeks! 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 That was worth it just to see you spit out the water. I was just waiting until Nate was halfway there. And like a Pavlov dog. Hello and welcome to Geeks, the world's number one entertainment podcast recorded in this very room. The tessellate jungle of ineptitude. <laughs> I'm your host, Al White. Hey! I can't juggle when I look at bright lights or I eat gum, I sneeze. And I don't like pastel paintings. Mm. You're not done with pastels. Yeah. Don't like yeah. them. Don't trust them. Mm. Uh, joining me today for this very special show, Wing Commander Nathan, blah, blah, yeah. Nathaniel Hertz. Ah, hello. <laughs> and Sushi Girl, Tamara Oshida. Hello. Konnichiwa. Oh, boy. Konnichiwa. We, we've, jumped off, we've jumped off the, <laughs> the platform right at the beginning. Um, if you're just joining us, we just got off the back of doing Starfish Diaries, episode five. Which so is fun. If you basically want to piece together our life <laughs> in chronological order. And you can move... come to dinner with us. Later. Yeah, we're going to be periscoping from dinner after this. <laughs> um, so throughout this show, because we're waiting on an important, potentially important text slash email right now. Dun, dun, dun. It is 6 p.m. It's connected with the Starfish Diaries. So if you know what it is, go and watch those. We talk about the feature film that we're making. Um, I'm going to keep sporadically checking my email and phone throughout the podcast. And so. for those who's interested, uh, usual Alexander Churd is now uh, staying at my flat in London. So oh, you're really? basically interesting, yeah. You're like a <laughs> real life body swap movie. Yeah, exactly. And I'm staying at his flat. Yeah, in but you're not days. sleeping in his bed. You're sleeping on his sofa, apparently. Well, yeah. So I, <laughs> I was really jet lagged last night, and uh, I woke up like 6 a.m. on sofa. But I'm pretty sure I. S- Started sleeping on the bed, so I don't know how that <laughs> happened. <laughs> I, I miss you, Tamara. I really do. Um, I those... had nothing to do with it, Tamara, <laughs> oh, and really? I don't. Ap- I don't appreciate the accusation. <laughs> um, all right. So, yes. For those who don't uh, remember, Tamara is um, a business partner in Ooh. our company, Tesselate. All of our good friend. You're kind of the joining factor. You're the glue that brought us all together. Yes. Um, even so though you're rarely say. here in America, sadly. But you're exactly. going to be with us for a few weeks. So well, yeah, yeah. People should get used to your thick Japanese accent. <laughs> oh, thick Japanese accent. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Thick Japanese thick accent. accent. Um, Tamara, Tamara. Yes. What have you been up to? Whoa. Uh, so what I've been up to? Not much, actually. Um, I. You've been, you've been every week here in a different country. Yeah. Normally the same three, but you're just like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Which is Japan, London, and uh, Los Angeles. Um, I am still working on my feature film, uh, Japanese tsunami-related, I Live You. And uh, yeah, I, I think the writing part is completely finished now. Cool. For sure. The rewrite, I mean. Um, I've just sent it over to the director and the producer, and we're just waiting to hear back what they think the new writing is. Great. I'm not convinced that I, we need the new writing. They're not convinced either. <laughs> okay. Um, Why did so, it happen? Uh, we've got good reasons. Good reasons. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, well, you can keep us up to date on that then over the next few weeks. I will. I will. Um, how's life in Japan other than hot and sticky? Hot and sticky. Yes. It's, it's, it, it's hot and sticky. That's it? Yeah. All right. Fair yeah. enough. And the food is good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm. Food is good. I mean... The food is good undistinguishable but very good what as in not sure what i'm eating half the time okay yeah, very yeah. Good. yeah uh nathaniel yes sir how's your week been sir my week it's been good 
<laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, when you ask me that question, every time we do this podcast, I immediately have like amnesia. Yeah. So like every time you ask me that and I respond, it's a lie. It's like when I walk because in, I actually cannot remember. When I walk into a physical Blu-ray or CD store, I'm so excited to be in a physical store of a media that I enjoy that my brain wipes of anything I could possibly be looking for. So I just wander around aimlessly. That's what this podcast is like. Yeah, totally. Um, so you're working on what are you working on? You got your short film going to festivals now, is it? It's been submitted, but we're still waiting to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, we got. Uh, we got some interest on a, a pilot that we wrote, um, uh, which sort of is in line with the same uh, general idea, uh, character. So yeah, I've been working really hard just writing and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting and getting notes and rewriting. And, um, Sounds fun. I've been doing that. Yeah. Making some money at you're, the same time. You're oh. prepping for your wedding next year? Oh yeah. Oh. Prepping for a wedding, checking out venues. It's amazing how much time you can spend thinking about one day that I'm convinced I won't be able to remember anyway. <laughs> um, but so. you still need to find your bride for that, right? Yeah. yeah. So, Tenro, that's why <laughs> this is the way um, this I is wanted the- on the podcast <laughs> oh right now, God. right here. Melissa, I hope you're not listening. Did you move me from the bed to the sofa last night then? Oh, it wasn't all. That's not all I did. Uh, okay. I can tell you that much. But it was totally 100% consensual. Um, By Alex. He said, How yes, are you, man? What's going on? Yeah. What's the latest, Al? Um, well, you can hear kind of what's going on with me and the Star for Stars. So I, don't, I don't need to reiterate too much because pretty much my whole life is making this feature film. We're still in casting. Starfish, Starfish, Starfish. This uh, Starfish, Starfish. text might be about that. But we're getting light in the day for it. So hopes are slim. Mm hmm. Ready to wait out another sweaty night of being just depressed and not able to sleep. Oh, boy. <laughs> and so there's a text on your phone, but uh, you're not sure? No, 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 no. That's okay. what we're waiting for. Oh, But gotcha. it's getting late now yeah. to have a reply from yeah. people. Business hours are over. That's they the Flight are. of the Concord song correctly said. Um, oh, and I've started writing a blog. Oh, yeah, you have oh, yeah. a yes. blog. But what? In, but in Japanese. Yeah. So. Oh, did. But then... There you are can f- Google Translate, right? Yes, and there are many photos. So, oh, cool. Yeah. Of food. Lots Most of food. Oh, picks. it's a food blog or just oh. a general life yeah, blog? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I need in order to keep track of what the hell is going on. <laughs> because your life, like Al mentioned, is so, well, to me, mysterious. To be honest, that's not going to help because I'm on purpose sort of not posting as it happens. Oh, you're one of those. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> yeah. One of those. So when people are Instagramming like two weeks later than when they actually did stuff, it's like, yeah. where's the Insta in this? Right. You're just gramming. Yeah. yeah gramming. Is there an app for that? Just gram. Gram. Yeah. Uh, I think that's a different type. <laughs> yeah. um, I'll tell you what, though. I have been watching a lot of films. because So I haven't been to the cinema in weeks. And I missed out on a whole bunch of stuff to the point where it was starting to come out on Blu-ray. Um, and because I was so stressed, I just kept needing to just take my mind off stuff in the evenings and either play a game or go to cinema, which is a luxury I haven't been able to do for a while. So I was really enjoying just going, you know what? Fuck it. We're just going to do that a lot. So in the last week, I went to see The Shallows, Neon Demon, Finding Dory, The Conjuring 2, and Midnight Special. Holy cow. Okay, um, so what's your favorite wow. out of your little marathon? <sighs> you see, here's the thing. All of the films are actually really good other than one. Which is the shallows, uh-huh. <laughs> which is trash. It, but it's what it's, <laughs> it is. It, but the problem is, I like the director. He did the remake of House of Wax, and he's done some Liam Neeson stuff that I'm not as keen on. So it's trash, um, but it's good parchment. But this is the thing. It's kind of like it's 
It's the opposite of what Open Water was. Open Water was awfully filmed to the point where you subconsciously think it's a found footage movie, but it's not. It's just really badly filmed. But it worked very well because there's you know good dignity to it and some good acting and tense moments. This is the opposite where it's filmed with a ton of money and you've got Blake Lively running around with lots of ass shots and stuff and keeps moving from slow motion to sped up surfing. And it's shot like a National Geographic video. So it looks that kind of really, really pretty where it looks horrible and mm. plastic, mm. you know? Overcorrected um, or something? Yeah. Just, yeah, everything's just too perfect the whole yeah. time and not in an interesting way. Yeah. Um, there is some genuinely the shark in many scenes, not in all scenes. Some it looks horrible, but in many scenes it looks very, very cool. Um, and there are definitely some tense moments in it that I enjoyed, but it's like a B movie with a big budget, mm-hmm. essentially. Um, mm-hmm. But if you like, it's but annoyingly still one of the best shark movies ever made because there aren't many good shark movies made. Um, Finding Dory, I really liked. Everyone's seen it because it's made so much money, so I presume everyone's seen it. No, everyone in the, everyone listening probably has seen it because yeah. that's yeah. made so much money. Not as good as Finding Nemo, but surprisingly close. I don't think you can recapture oh, that really? magic, but wow. it's, it's it's a lovely film. I don't, I didn't. For me, the ending jumps the shark a bit, but apparently they uh, uh, had to rewrite the ending. So there's a shark in the ending. There actually, there's spoilers for Finding Dory. One tiny, tiny spoiler, not an important one. There's no sharks in this movie. <gasps> there's a whale shark, it's but it's not no, the same. No. no, it's not really what you. Mm. But there's no sharks, so I was surprised by. Hmm. Uh, the Conjuring 2, you saw that, Nate, a couple weeks ago, or a week ago, didn't you? I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one on the list that I've seen. Have you seen? Although I've heard many opinions about many of these movies. Have you? So I like to accumulate opinions. I'm trying to bore mine down quickly so, I don't, so that I don't have to worry about having my own. Bore it. That's a good, that's a good way to be. Thanks. Uh, you really liked The Conjuring 2, didn't you? Dude, I, that movie scared the fucking shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I was up all night. Like, I felt weird for two days, you know, like right. something bad was going to happen. But I think I was really Is that vulnerable. All the English accents. So. <laughs> yeah. I think I was really vulnerable when I saw it because, like, I basically watched the two horror movie previews, and I was already feeling so fucking traumatized by the previews yeah. uh. that by the time the movie started, I was like a sort of piece of dough. And Mr. Wan, he took that dough and shaped it into something that uh, looked a lot <laughs> like a like a scared Ralph from The Simpsons. Actually, I'll tell you what, because you reminded me there talking about the previews. The worst thing about The Shallows was there were a bunch of adults with children in there. Oh, like, and I mean kid, kid, kid. Like yeah. babies. There was one that was maybe two years old, one that was five years old, another one was four. And they're obviously crying throughout it. Ugh. And the trailers alone, like yeah, you're talking about like, lights out and stuff like that, are fucking terrifying for, for a kid. It's just, yeah. I can't imagine. And then with The Shallows, I just wanted to turn around because, yeah, I'm, as I've documented on this podcast before, three years old, my babysitter brought me downstairs made me watch Jaws with him. I've never gone in the ocean since. I just can't do it. It's subconsciously scarred me for life. Whoa. Mm. I just wanted to turn around to them and after the film go, congratulations, you just fucked up your child's entire life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no exaggeration. It's too much like, for you, a kid. It's, you it's can't, too yeah. much. And Shallows, like, it may be a bad movie, but it is horror. There is blood. There is terrifying, like, shark stuff going on in that film. Um, yeah, really, really fucking horrible. Can't believe they yeah. do that to their kids. And uh, honestly, it's their fault. But it's also America's fault, as we talked about before, because your your certificate system is just doesn't is bullshit. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Because they're still legally allowed to take those kids into those films. Like, well, then the certificate means nothing. <laughs> wait, wait, um, wait. You are talking about the the, the shallows. Uh, not finding. No, no, finding Dory. Right. Yeah, finding Dory is terrifying <laughs> for other reasons. Um, but yeah, oh, no, I, I, I thought I, the Conjuring I, Two was great. Well, I'm, I'm I'm interested to hear what you think because you do you like expert. the first one. 
I did. I loved the first one. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved the first one. So you like this one more or less? Same? Uh, maybe a little bit less. I mean, I, I think that this one maybe scared me more, but that's because I probably saw it in a theater as opposed to seeing it at home. Oh, okay. But um, I just feel like that guy, he's got it down to a science, man. It's like it felt so methodical. I don't know how to put it, but it was like the whole movie I was like – how I was comforting myself was like, I'm a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. I'm going to like figure out what the fuck he's doing so I can predict it. Right. And even I, that's what everyone wants to do when they watch that movie. They want to figure out when the jump's going to come. Yeah. 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 And then he doesn't jump you. Mm-hmm. He gives you the slow burn or he laughs at you. He like tricks you. And the whole movie is like being tricked and tricked and tricked until you feel like you cannot predict anything that's going to happen in this world. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but there's there's a scene where you would very much expect something scary not to happen mm-hmm. because there are authority figures there, and it's like the trope is in a horror oh, movie. Oh, yeah. Right when someone the from the outside comes in, it's not supposed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then it does. And it, the, the whole movie, is, it's a repetition of on that, and he just riffs and riffs and riffs, and by the end of it, I felt like I was fucking, I had like PTSD or something, not to devalue ptsd that's a real thing but um you know what i mean yeah 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 um yeah i mean i i agree with you but from a more of a negative point of view like so for me when the, the scene i think you're talking about i'm waiting for that to happen because i know exactly you're talking about the methodical formula of how he makes his movies like i know he has to expose everyone his movies aren't about people not believing something spooky is happening his mm-hmm. movies are about oh Everything happens. It's a roller coaster ride. There's no subtlety to it, which can be good and can be bad. Yeah. And everything just gets thrown at the audience and the characters in the film. And that's how he does his films. It's never like, which I appreciate because it can be really boring if people are like, oh, I don't believe that this spooky thing happened. Yeah. No. yeah. Instead, it's like, no, everyone, everyone sees how yeah. fucking crazy and spooky <laughs> yeah. things are. So I'm always waiting for that to happen. And yeah, he's very methodical for me to a fault. Like for me, like he turns his movies out too quickly hmm. um, between Insidious and The Conjuring, which are basically the same film. Hmm. And then he produces, even with some of the same actors in it, it's mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, and then he produces all of the you know, spinoffs and you've got Annabelle and then Annabelle 2 and now they're doing The Nun from this as well. And yeah, stuff. right. Um, and for me, I would, yeah, I would love him to spend a little bit more time <laughs> because hmm. for me, this was markedly a step down from the first one. I really love the first one. I don't like certain aspects towards the end of the first one, but... I don't normally like a horror film just to hurl stuff at me, but I really liked it in The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, there was certainly, I enjoyed it. Like, I think it's a mm. good horror film. I think there are a couple of great moments in it, um, which was shot effectively. I'm wondering what you're, without spoiling it, what, what I'm the, trying to remember the, I know I liked the tent um, scene yeah, at yeah. the beginning uh-huh. because the camera works really cool, how it's moving back and forward with the uh-huh. kid. Um, and there was another scene, oh, I'm trying to remember now, but I think it would be a spoiler one, actually. It almost felt like, I did my one criticism of the movie was that it almost felt overproduced. Like the moves themselves felt mm-hmm. so calculated and the camera felt so heavy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it 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 I don't know how to put it exactly, but it felt a little too yeah, under the thumb. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, absolutely. But I think that's part of just the mechanism of how he turns them out in terms of he's mm-hmm. got a lot of money. And yeah, yeah, he does know what he's doing. For me, it's just not, I'm not that interested by it anymore. I don't find it affects me really anymore. Um, I really didn't like very, very mild spoilers here, but I didn't like, there's, he likes doing two stories, which I really do like. Like I love in The Conjuring 
and in this one you start with two separate stories mm -hmm. and i like this idea of two things you're not sure where it's really going to culminate mm -hmm. and in this one it all sort of comes together in a coincidental narrative way that pissed me off a lot well, <laughs> and yeah. i didn't enjoy um i don't know and i'll be honest like yeah, are you talking about with the tape i mean i actually i liked the idea of it i just didn't like the conceit of where that led to i liked uh -huh. i didn't mind the actual tape Oh, We're getting yeah. into weird stuff here. But yeah, 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 I don't want to do spoilers. <laughs> uh, but no, I just didn't like that. Basically, there's two separate stories in American story. It, and this is no spoiler. The first scene is in Amityville, in the Amityville house, which I loved. And I didn't know the Amityville house was going to be in this. And I knew it immediately from the first shot because the window shape. Mm -hmm. I was like, where in the oh, Amityville really? house? This is really weird. Um, and then the Enfield house is where it takes place mostly in England. And that's our true story in mm -hmm. England. True story. Yeah. Um, and so I like that. And... But then they bring those two stories together in a way that I hated. You know, for me, it just kind of destroyed any of the, I don't know, validity of what they were trying to do. I liked them being separate. And the thing I found really scary, and it's really hard to talk about it, let's spoil this. But the English spooky side of it, I didn't find spooky at all, basically. Really? The American side, but it just depends what you're affected by. Yeah. The spooky things that are happening in the English place, I don't find scary. But this thing they were dabbling with in the American side that then started that to come so to the fucking English scary. Line, I found oh, more man. scary. And I, but then when they tied them together narratively, I didn't, I didn't like them doing that at all. Um, I think I'm with you. I mean, obviously, I don't know as much about the genre. So, like, contextually. Matter. But I think that that's my other criticism was, like, there's this last moment, as there is with every film, of, like, uh, suspense. And just like how that was working mechanically of like holding on. Yeah. I was like, that's kind of weak. Like yeah. I, I felt like it was, everything was driving to this moment and then they kind of ran out of ideas. Like, okay. Yeah. This is, it's I, like, I genuinely yeah. feel, I feel his endings suffer. I feel they turn into action films at the end and mm -hmm. not horror films. And I'd prefer a more downplayed, like at the end he likes to get a lot of people together and have crazy effects and a lot of noise. And it's an action film. And it's like, I would rather something where it's just maybe one person left a little bit in of a weird, very like, terrifying yeah. place and, you know, they have to deal with something more intimate would be cool for me. Yeah. Um, but definitely, you know, good. Good critique. Um, um, Midnight Special is awesome. It has a lot of flaws. I think that's that's the guy who directed Mud and Take Shelter. Yeah. And Michael Shannon's in it, who's incredible. Um, it's a little impersonal for me. Um, I was a little bit disappointed with that. And the ending's definitely not for everyone, but I thoroughly suggest people check it out. And definitely the film everyone's talking about this week in terms of controversy is Neon Demon. Yeah. Uh, the new film from, how are we going to pronounce his name? Nicholas Winding Riffen. Winding. Riff, winding Riffen. Those Who, things that you use in Microsoft Word to make little shapes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, he previously directed Drive. He also directed Only God Forgives between Drive and this, which I think mm -hmm. people forget because people have been really surprised of how much they don't like this film. Because it's so arty. I was like, did none of you see his last film? Yeah. All the films he did before Drive, like Valhalla Rising, and he did Bronson. Um, he, the only film I he's not... he did Bronson. I always forget about that. The only film he didn't write at all was Drive. Um, he's had a hand in writing completely or with other people, his other films. And I think for sure he makes more marketable, easy to enjoy films when he's working on someone else's material. Hmm. Um, better films arguably mm -hmm. but visually he's just such an interesting storyteller mm. uh this is like watching a david lynch film times 100 it's just it's so beautiful and he has a different cinematographer here than he had for only god forgives um it's so beautiful and very just i think it holds together better narratively 
then only God forgives. It's not as frustrating. Um, it falls apart at the end. I saw it with a couple of people. Um, well, actually more than that. F, uh, yeah, three people. And we all, one person hated it, which was Adrian. Um, Shannon had mixed feelings about it. Katie felt pretty much the same as me. Of I was really with it up until a point and then it kind of moved away from where I wanted to go. His movies are very drifting. They don't seem to have much focus and he doesn't seem to know how, what he's really trying to say. So you get to the end and like, well, some points were just too on the nose and the other points I feel you don't really know what you're trying to say. Mm. But I personally enjoyed the moody visual ride. Mm -hmm. The soundtrack's ex just exceptional. So it's just soundtrack and visuals. It's like, it's just fucking great. I'm having you know? fun. Um, yeah, and really interesting cast. Keanu Reeves is in it in a very funny role, which cool. <laughs> was weird. Um, and I've been playing a lot of Dark Souls 3. <laughs> A lot of Dark Souls And the 3. truth will <laughs> avail itself. I've been... Oh, boy, man. I'm so back deep into that rabbit hole. Oh, and I've been doing really well. I just have a methodic... You know, like you talked about before when you were playing it when we came on a trip and you said, oh, you're teaching me a psychology of how to play this game. And there is. And even like the last couple of nights, is, you know, playing it, it's like, yeah, I have to... I can't rage quit this game. You have to go back in and finish having won something and feeling good about yourself and prepared so the next time you start, you're not down. You're up, you know? Yeah. You have to keep playing. Are you going to bring it to Colorado? Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> There's a long haul for me this game, but I'm doing well. I'm getting I it. have so much pride about how I killed that one night in you that well, cheap man. way. In that cheap way. I am just like... But it's all about that's the like cheap That's like my ways. glory. That's like my ultimate glory. <laughs> a video that's game. what you want on your gravestone? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I fucking love that game, man. It's incredible. <clears throat> all right. Let's start the uh, podcast as we do every single week with a little thing we like to call Nate's Blowdown. It's getting blowy in here. Nathaniel. All right. You're going to fill us in with some movie news, please. I will. I'm going to start off with uh, Tetris. In an interview with Movie Magazine, Empire producer Larry Kasanoff confirmed that the Tetris movie is planned to be an epic sci-fi thriller. Trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't us splitting the... Okay, this is a quote. This isn't us splitting the last one of our eight movies in two to, ring, uh, to bring blood out of the stone. To ring blood out of the stone, rather. It's just a big story. We're not, we're not going to have blocks with feet running around the movie, but it's, a great, it's great that people think so. It sets the bar rather low. We want the story to be a surprise, but it's a big science fiction movie. I came up with the idea as I was thinking about Tetris and the theme of creating order out of chaos. The first film is the trilogy... The first film in the trilogy is going to have a budget of um, 80 <laughs> million. Uh, yeah. Uh, I kind of am like more excited about this than maybe I should be. About, oh, you're, more, you're excited about a Tetris trilogy? Well, I mean like, yeah, kind of. All right. I mean, now that he, I mean, it's interesting now that he's talked about the fundamental idea. Sort of. Hmm. He's thought about of. what it's not. <laughs> basically well yeah but he also says that it's like he was thinking about this theme of bringing order to chaos yeah but and there is something about tetris that's uncanny yeah you know yeah. when you're playing it and you ooh, i just <laughs> spat on tanrock's face <laughs> and um right. i'm so sorry that was a little freebie <laughs> hey man tetris oh, gets gross. you that excited well, i promise you i'm, I'm not... curious though it sounds interesting how you yeah, but this yeah. is the thing I'm is like even now. if it's interesting yeah even if the film is interesting there isn't a film in tetris there's no, no film. there's no story. You can argue yeah. there's no film in Battleship, the board game, but there's more of a story there that you can make up. <laughs> there is nothing to do with Tetris that can possibly warrant it being licensed as Tetris. Which is almost why, to me, it's like there's nothing. 
so there might actually be something interesting. But the, yeah, but it just you don't you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I do know what you mean. Anything? Well, any it's, film at all? It's like the mm. emoji movie. It's like the leak. The, but at least I know that will have emotions <laughs> in it or something like this. There's nothing. There's literally nothing. There's Unless pretty, there are actual blocks. There's nothing in this game. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be sexy young people running through a world that's collapsing and them trying to have to sort it out in order for them to become like... Yeah, I, don't I, just, I don't understand. I don't understand how this... It's going to revolve works. around young people looking good, running around. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. All right. I'm, I, I, changed my, I changed my mind. I, I mean, mean, if they're spending $80 million on it. You've changed your mind? Yeah. Good. You just explained to me the Maze Runner, so I'm in. Yeah. No, it's... I like that film. Yeah. Moving on. Mark Hamill. During an interview with Ray Davis of The Kinks, Mark Hamill lets slip a potentially huge spoiler for the next Star Wars film, saying, I finish episode eight, and then I'm out of work. (laughs) He since came out publicly to try to correct himself by stating... He only meant he was out of work until the next film. Uh, that's... Yeah. Now I don't <laughs> know what to believe, Mark Hamill. Scratch that. I know exactly what to believe. You die in episode eight. Well, this is the thing, because he can't even be talking... He's out of work in terms of... He does a lot of other stuff. Mostly voice acting stuff. He does a lot of animated things. And he does voice acting, a lot of video game stuff. He plays the Joker in tons of, uh, tons of things. How... Would you phrase that? I finished episode eight and then I'm out of work. Well, you're not out of work, out of work. Or maybe he does something so repulsing that nobody wants to see him again. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, for me, this does feel like, yeah, he's not going to be in episode nine. They're gradually yeah, getting rid I mean, of the old characters. But we just got him. We haven't had him yet. No. I don't know, man. I, I'm so, just not convinced of him as an actor being able to, like, carry, carry a franchise. So I could totally see them wanting him... Well, he's done it before, to be fair, but you just don't think he's contemporarily right. I think, yeah, yeah, okay. I'm gonna say that's that. exactly what I think. What? Um, I mean, who, who dies in the second? I mean, episode. spoilers for the Force Awakens. Harrison Ford dies, so Han Solo <laughs> dies. Yeah. What? Oh, so you're listening they, to if, Geeks if podcast, they, but it, you didn't know that. Yeah. In the next one, kill off Luke. We're left with Carrie Fisher. I hope it doesn't become a fucking melodrama of who's going to die in every fucking episode, though. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. I, just feel, I feel people yeah. will be pissed off if they finally it. get Luke and then they kill him off. But then I guess we only just got Han Solo and they killed him. I'd love it if they just died yeah. in the first scene. That'd be amazing. On that rock, like, as yeah. she hands him the lightsaber, then just... <laughs> yeah, just like, a, like a, one of those like laser jets. Just like... <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why did you find me? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been hiding. I'm so sorry you came all this way. <laughs> Uh, so no, so you guys won't you like mind if Luke dies in episode eight? Because the film is not about him anymore. Yeah. Well, we don't know. We don't know where it's heading. To be fair, we don't know what his connection is with anything. Yet. What is life and death when you have so much force? It's true. True, like brutal force. You're talking. In the past, though, the Jedi can come back after the death. Yeah, but if he's so, saying he's out of work, yeah. he's not saying yeah. he dies. Exactly. He's saying he's so, out of work. So. Maybe they'd mm. bury him alive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I purposely... I mean, it doesn't make sense that he's not in the nine mm. if he, he dies. Mm. So, I, why is it? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, uh, and maybe it is just a genuine slip and he didn't mean it in that context. 
Maybe, <laughs> I'm out of work maybe, for a year. Maybe, but I yeah. very much doubt it. Yeah. I, I feel I, my Benningsy will die, and I don't really mind as long as they tell a good story. Yeah. Alex keeps texting me with stuff to do with Rogue One. I was like, what do you feel about this? What do you feel about this? I'm like, I don't really care as long <laughs> as they tell a good story and as long as they're really not pushing Gareth Edwards away from what he was trying to do originally mm. with all these reshoots. With, there's actually a big quote from Gareth Edwards this week. We're not reading it out in the news because essentially it gets into like gossiping and I don't want to do that. But he tries to make it clear that they haven't pushed him into the reshoots and it was always scheduled. Oh. Um, but who mm. knows? I'm not convinced. But. Okay, can we okay. move on? No. Okay. Just want to sit for a second and enjoy my water. Move on. Nicholas Winding Refn, director of Drive Bronson. We just spoke about him and Only God Forgives. Uh, just released Neon Demon, we were just talking about, and uh, was asked during an interview with uh, Business Insider if he'd ever like to direct a superhero movie. His reply is as follows. You know, the one I want to do, I want to make... Batgirl. Let's get Warner working on it. I want to live in this world where Darren Aronofsky... No, so it wasn't Darren Aronofsky. Nicholas yeah, Darren Win- Aronofsky oh. was making Wolverine. Um, I want to live in that world. You had... Um, uh, well, who's the greatest? P.T. Anderson wanted to make a superhero movie, but no one would let him. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then Nicholas Winding <laughs> making Batgirl. I want to live in that world. No, dude, it's so fucking cool, man. It's cool that, like, these legends yeah. directors are, like, wanting to make trash, but as, like, subversive. I but it doesn't have say. to be trash. No, but that's what I'm saying. It's, like, it's commentary. It's, like, yeah. awesome. It's, like, noir of now. Yeah. So why do you think he wants to do the Batgirl? Like, well, I think he what's was... the appeal? Oh, why Batgirl? Well, he just... I mean, people are saying it's because he just did Neon Demon and some people are actually calling it sexist. Some people are calling it very feminist. It depends on your uh, take, I guess. Okay. Uh, it's a commentary on, on modeling in LA. So probably both. <laughs> and very accurate. Um, I certainly didn't find it sexist at all. Um, but yeah, I think in there's some... Because he's worked with a lot... It's pretty much all female cast in Neon mm-hmm. Demon. So he wants a female... God, he would do fucking movie. awesome. I want to see. I would see I that will, movie. I, I would, would love fucking it. love. And him writing it, so it just makes no sense. Yeah, and it's just people <laughs> walking around to cool music with neat, like neon lights. Yeah, and, be, be cool. Hmm. And then, but this, that girl. I love get. this piece of news because it kind of epitomizes so much of the podcast. What's happening right now? So compliments to whoever wrote the news, Tanro. <laughs> um, hey, wait, wait, what? Just oh. for you two. I'm sorry, because we've been carrying people on this journey and I'm not allowed to share now with them. But this is what I just got through. Hmm. Do, 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 right, Tamara? Hmm. When I first, I scanned it to begin with and I read that first line, That's I was like, fuck. And then I reread it. I was like, oh, okay. Wait, okay. I just read the first line. How does she know? <laughs> this is great listening for people so I just had an email through which was what we've been waiting for it isn't uh, definitive enough for us to share with anyone it's basically the regular Hollywood question mark indeed um, alright onwards with the news so why the peanut butter though? Like, well it's delicious well, oh. okay well, what other reason do you need oh I think this is a good opportunity to plug my uh, up and coming peanut butter YouTube channel um, oh yeah there what? is a YouTube channel I've uh, will be launching shortly um as soon as I can get my brother to edit it. You keep promising me this every week, Nate. I'm um, waiting for the YouTube channel. If you're interested in peanut butter porn, you'll be interested in this. I am. Okay. <laughs> Moonfall. Despite his recent film, Independence Day, Resurgence. 
<laughs> I'm just going to laugh at this point. We're going to get to laugh at it later <laughs> when we get to the box office. Okay. Uh, uh, resurgence. Ending <laughs> uh, up. <laughs> You're going to kill Tamron with love. watermelon juice. I just love <laughs> resurgence is the Oh. Ending up a critical and box office disappointment, Roland Emmerich is already fast-tracking his next movie, Moonfall. The film will be distributed by Universal Pictures and is described as a cross between, 20, between 2012, which was also directed by Emmerich, and Close Encounters of the Third Kind. It will follow an unlikely band of misfits who must work together to save humanity when the moon's orbit breaks and it heads on a crash course for Earth. Thus, the very literal, literal title... Moonfall. Moonfall. <laughs> Colin Resurgence. His movies. I feel we can write his next 10 movies. Can we not? Like, yes. it's just so ridiculously literal, all of his films. And what you just described was Armageddon, but with the moon rather than an asteroid. Yeah. <laughs> and I love that they sell these. I read, I can't, I didn't write it down here, but the amount he sold, the just the plot to Universal was just tens of millions for the idea of, oh, what if the moon just started hurtling to Earth? I wonder if young lovers are going to gaze up in... That's it. Pre-sex uh, anxiety. Yeah. Oh, it's just crazy. And you know exactly what it's going to be because it's another disaster film because if the moon changes, you know, a few feet yeah. in terms of its trajectory, ocean-like surges, everything yep. becomes yeah. engulfed, like everything changes, people become irrational. No one does yeah. end of world quite like... Roland Emmerich. Mr. Roland. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, we'll okay. get to that later. Okay. The number five. Number five. 2014's Annabelle a spinoff from James Wan's The Conjuring, is getting a sequel, which will be released on May 19th, 2017. And it just cast its two lead actresses in Miranda Otto from The Lord of the Rings and Stephanie Sigmund from Spectre. The plot has also been revealed. Revealed! Revealed! And now I'm going to read a quote. The story follows a doll maker and his wife, Set 20 years after the tragic death of their daughter, they welcome a nun and several girls from a shuttered orphanage into their home, who soon become the target of the dealmaker's possessed creation. Annabelle. Otto will play... Oh, wait, no. Quote end. Back to real voice. Otto will play the wife while Sigmund will play the nun, Sister Charlotte. The Nun character from just released The Conjuring 2, if you've seen that, you know what we mean, has already been announced as getting her own spin-off movie. Rumors about that Sister Charlotte will be the nun demon known as Valak from his spin-off. And I've just vanquished it by saying the name. <laughs> you just vanquished it by saying the name, yeah. Did you notice that for the film? I noticed it like a couple of times in the background. I was waiting for something called Valak to turn up because he actually spells it out in the background on certain scenes. It's I really did not cool. notice that. There's like a point with like kids blocks and they're spelled out on a shelf and stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, how do you feel, again, without as many spoilers than what we've already given, how do you feel about, um, yeah, like tying the Annabelle in with, because that's what this, they're saying. They think that since there's a nun in this, in the Annabelle one and we're about to get the nun side story, yeah. are they going to be the same character? I have a reason that I don't think that that is true at all that I'm thinking of a way to say without being spoilery. But how do you feel about it? I mean, I think that that kind of reality joining is exactly what he does. So I wouldn't be surprised. 
Yeah. I mean, that's his style, right? He kind of like tries to create order. You're making a mini universe yeah. from The Conjuring now. Yeah. He's just got to tie Insidious in as well and explain why Patrick Wilson's in both films. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you're right. I think he will do that. I will be disappointed because for me, how do I say this without being spoilery? There's a bit in The Conjuring 2 yeah. where the lady who uh-huh. is the lead... Uh-huh. Uh, I've forgotten her name now. I love her so much. Um, the mom? Vera Farmiga. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. Um, she states that the nun creature in it, the nun demon creature in it, is tied to her own faith, essentially. it's not. I don't think this is a spoiler at all. She states at one point that it's taken the form of a nun to try to break her faith. Yeah. And I really love this idea of it's taken the form of a nun to break faith. So you don't know. I like formless spookies yes i don't like this is one of the problems i have with the film i don't like when i know what it looks like because that's not scary to me i see um i like formless demons that are so horrible you can't really show them perceive them um so i like that idea of it's just it's taken a form to try and break her and that's why it's looking like that if this is true then it was an actual real person in real life who was a nun you know who became this demon for whatever reasons um which would be disappointing to me because i like yeah. the idea of the nun isn't important it's just yeah, the demon might take different forms for different people or something. Yeah. Um, I see what you mean. We'll Actually, see. that's a good point. We'll see. Um, now for my last little piece of news. Lette of news. Sony's theatrical animated Spider-Man film has a new director. It was assumed that Phil Lord and Chris Miller, the Lego movie and 21 Jump Street and Solo, would be directing. But now it's confirmed that he will be producing while Bob... Persecity will direct. Sure. <laughs> I have like ink over that word, so. Oh, okay. He's previously worked as head of story on The Little Prince and Puss in Boots, but has never directed a feature before. The film will be released on December 21st, 2018. I'm a little bummed by this because, like I said, I still can't believe there's going to be a theatrical animated Spider Man movie. It seems very weird how that fits into everything else that's happening. Unless there are some others coming out. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I was slightly excited before because Phil Lord and Chris Miller do awesome animated movies. So I thought, yeah. well, it's going to be zany, obviously, with them. But as them directing, incredible. Didn't understand how, yeah, that would fit into their schedule doing Star Wars Han Solo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this guy, so with this guy, it's like, well, I don't know. He I hasn't didn't... proven himself yet, so. Yeah. We'll, see. well, he was head of story on Puss in Boots and... Frankly, I thought the story for Puss in Boots was a bit shit. The story was not... The, I actually really love Puss in Boots, but the story is not what you guys no. see movie. But yeah, maybe he's a great director. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. We don't know. So that's all the news that's fit to print. I got a couple of game news, but only a couple because we're post E3 and not much is happening in video game places. People are still talking about them E3s. We've talked enough about them E3s. So if you want to check that out, you can check out both of our E3 podcast is one called e3 conferences and one our post e3 show where we go on for hours about every video game what do you got are you ready i'm ready <clears throat> two pieces of news but Numero one of these in particular the second one is something fairly meaty ah. which i would say we'll bring up for discussion but i might bring up with all due respect to you two i might bring it up next with week people with who, b- yeah. people a little bit more video gamey involved yeah. mm-hmm um, first piece of news Resident Evil 7 many people are excited about the recently announced Resident Evil 7 that was unveiled at E3 um, but they're also a little bit worried that the new entry in the classic series will completely abandon its history and be purely a ghost story uh, so there was a demo that went straight up on PSM that you could play the night that, it, that they unveiled it in E3 
Um, lead director on the game, Koshi Nakanishi? Nakanishi? Nakanishi. Nakanishi. It's good to have you here. Uh, had said on the Capcom Unity blog post this, quote, I think you can look at the trailer or the demo and get that impression, but don't worry. We haven't just thrown out Resident Evil as it exists and turned it into a ghost story. It will all make sense in the end. If you're thinking that because those other elements aren't in the demo that they won't be in the game, that's not the case. We're focusing up front about the message of horror coming home in this demo. We need to have a bit of a mystery in survival horror, so we're trying to make you wonder when you play it, how could this possibly be connected? That's part of the appeal. Cool. It was impossible to play that game at E3 too. The line was unbearable. It was. was. Um, But yeah, I played the demo at home. It was great. Um, it's not at all like a Resident Evil game, but there are little Easter eggs in there. There's an Umbrella Corp thing in there and stuff. And, and it's definitely not a ghost story. I think it's definitely a physical story. Um, so yeah, cool. it's going to tie in more than people think, which would be nice. That would be the perfect balance for me is if Resident Evil do something new, but something that's, you know, got a new, like it's still got its heritage there, but a new spin on it, I think is what they need. Fresh, yeah. fresh blood in an old body. Is that what happens? That happened. Is that a hospital <laughs> procedure? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, in Germany. Uh, Tanro. No, hang on. Wait, I've got one more piece of news. Sorry. Yeah. Um, the NX. The, mm. the Nintendo NX, their new console, which has been talked about now for years. They decided they weren't going to show it at E3. They were just going to show Zelda instead. We know from leaks that it should be releasing around about March, we believe, if they're to be believed. Um, but they're, yeah, they're up against trouble in terms of they were meant to be this is the console that was going to bring them up to the place of xbox one and ps4 because wii u did not do well so they cut their losses went into this new console now of course xbox have the xbox scorpio coming out next year which is going to be tons more powerful than anything out there and playstation importantly have the playstation neo coming out which at the moment with leaks isn't quite as powerful as scorpio so really running the risk that nintendo are finally going to catch up and then the other two are going to have new products out which are going to be you know surpass it again but the one of the cycling kind of pieces of uh, leaked information that's coming out from patents and from forms and stuff is that Nintendo's next console will be a hybrid console, which is what a lot of people think. So it'll be some form of handheld and console, so it can do both. And there's been some rumors about it having cartridges rather than discs. So here's a new quote from GameStop. I just got chills. GameStop say... If it will have physical media, then we will have a role in it. Our pre-owned business will have a role in it as well. The only difference between discs and cartridges would be on the refurbishment and pre-owned side. And actually, cartridges are easier to refurbish. So there's a bit of an advantage if they go that way. End quote. TM trademark filings for Wii U said that it was going to have game discs, and it did. Trademark filings for DS said it was going to have game cartridges, and it did. Trademark filings for Zelda Breath of the Wild, the new Zelda game, says it's going to have game discs and game cartridges so hmm. signs really are pointing to the nx could well be a, a, a hybrid console handheld and you know home but will also run off of cartridges potentially or maybe both don't know um it's possible as well there could be some weird link in with 3ds which runs off of cartridges um now cartridges don't, aren't what they used to mean now the benefits of cartridges are there's no load times everything is so quick with the cartridge uh the problems it used to be is that it cost a lot of money to manufacture and you couldn't have as much space as you'd have on a disc and dvd and then a blu-ray and all the stuff they mm-hmm. do now on an optical disc that's not really the case anymore 
you can do stuff with cartridges that have tons of data on them and it's it much easier to handle as well cartridges yeah less care is ne needed yeah yeah exactly less care is needed they don't so scratch like for easily kids, for kids for example, it'd be better you know, that's a good point better. yeah yeah, that's a good point. They don't cost. They still would cost more than discs, but it wouldn't cost as much as they used to at all. Mm, mm. Um, I think it used to be like ten dollars to fifty cents in comparison of how much disc, you know, uh, manufacturing costs. Yeah, manufacturing costs. Um, something ridiculous like that. But it's it's a bold choice if they go mm. cartridges. I, I mean, we're clearly not going to be talking SNES cartridges. You know, we're going to be talking something small format, probably. Yeah. Um, it's not like. <laughs> Yeah, sadly, that's too love. bad. Yeah, be good. <laughs> but it would probably make sense. It'd be something like you know an expanded version of like what 3ds has, or you think of like you know the card we're using in our in our camera right now to shoot with. Think about mm -hmm. storage you can put on those things. Yeah, yeah, you know? sure. You could have adapted propriety versions of those, maybe. Yeah, yeah. that's a good idea, actually. Yeah. Who knows? Um, it'd be kind of cool and weird, and then it would work both as at home mm -hmm. and as a takeaway, you know, yeah. handheld because yeah. you yeah, could just yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. Spitballing. Ah, it's cool. Mm. But we'll probably bring that up again next week. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Uh, Tamro. Yes. I'm not going to ask you to do the song because you're a guest. So the song? But uh, you're going to take over from Alex's. I don't remember how the John. song goes. Could you sing the song for me, please? We should spice it up a little bit. Okay. Hey, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> don't be afraid. Take this sad song and make it better. The Legend of Tarzan, directed by David Yates. So these uh, are, wait, 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 let's just see. These are the movies come to the cinemas. Yes, cinemas. This week, in North this America. This week, yes. The Legend of Tarzan, directed by David Yates, uh, from Harry Potter, uh, times four, Fantastic Beasts, and Where to Find Them. Um, starring... Margot Robbie, um, Alexander Skargold, uh, who was in uh, True Blood, Battleship, Ella Parnell, Never Let Me Go, Maleficent, uh, Ella Parnell, yeah, hi. Um, Tarzan, having acclaimed to life in London, is called back to his former home in the jungle to investigate the activities at a mining encampment. Encampment. Yeah. Encampment. Right. Can, can I just say for a second? Yes. This Tarzan film, there are posters for it everywhere. Very ripped. What's his name? Alexander Skarsgård. Mm -hmm. Looking all handsome and stuff. Margot doing her thing. Um, and Ella. At no point. Yeah, I love Ella Pernell. I, I love I was in the same film with her oh, last really? year. One? Yep. Yeah, uh, Journey is the destination coming maybe later this year. or Awesome. Yeah. I love Never Let Me Go. I love that film. Um, I will not let you go. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. But so here's the thing. With, this, with all these posters for the Tarzan film and called The Legend of Tarzan, never in a million years did I know what it was about. Did I expect it to be about Tarzan having already acclimated to life in London, yeah. called back to his former home in the jungle to investigate the activities at a mining encampment. Yeah, that's, How yeah. is that a pitch for an interesting movie? It sounds so boring. And Zing. clearly... It's not from the trailers. It's all regular Tarzan stuff. But from the trailers, it looks like, oh, it's the origins of Tarzan again. And this isn't. This is like years later. This is a sequel, essentially, to a film that didn't exist. Hmm. Kind of cool. Know. I just find it weird. Yeah, Anyone interested cool. in seeing this Tarzan film? No. Does anyone have an opinion on this movie at all? Um, I mean, it sounds like the kind of thing I might... Uh, 
download illegally. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. What, what else is called the legend of blah, 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 blah? Zelda. That's the only thing, right? The legend of... Well, no, like actually... the airbenders or something? Wasn't that like the legend of the airbenders? No, that's the last, the last airbender. airbender. Oh, yeah. i tell you what, my favorite Tarzan film, and I'm not being ironic here, is a film called Greystoke from the late 80s or early 90s. And it's called Greystoke colon the legend of tarzan ah oh um and the legend of bagger vance that's this very real version of his story done as if it was true uh-huh. and it's starring andy mcdowell and christopher lambert Ooh. as tarzan <laughs> ah, I, I love it nice. i dig that movie oh wait but the legend of bagger vance yeah, there you go you need a colon in there somewhere oh okay can you think of any other legend of movies Doo-doo-doo. Yeah, there's some really bad horror straight to DVD slashes called The Legend of, like, yeah, weird okay. dumbness. Okay. Right. Yeah. Okay, but we got. Moving on. Number two. If you don't want to see Tarzan, you can also see. Swiss Army Man, directed by Dan Quan and Daniel Shina. 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 Starring Paul Dano, uh, who was in Little Miss Sunshine, Looper, Ruby Sparks. And Daniel Radcliffe and um, Harry, Harry, Harry. Uh, Mary Elizabeth uh, Winston. Yeah, I love that girl so much. Uh, a hopeless man stranded in the wilderness. Hang on, I can't read. Uh, befriends a dead body and together they go on a thrill journey to get home. Interesting. So this is now, movie. I've seen the trailer many times actually. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's been talking about this movie for a while since festivals. It's like one of the weirdest films ever made. I feel like that Daniel Radcliffe is trying to sort of move away from Harry Potter as much as possible. So much so that he's now a dead man. Like, Who's farting yeah. as a propulsion device on the <laughs> yeah. ocean waves. I think it's a... Have you seen this trailer, Nate? Interesting choice. Yeah, I did see that trailer. I it, thought you were excited about this movie, weren't it you? Looks I cool. am. Yeah, I am excited about it. I think oh, it looks yeah. cool. Um, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm... I'm Temp- I'm tempered with excitement mm. in terms of the things I don't like about the trailer and the things I do like about the trailer. But reviews have been pretty good. It's been getting yep. eight, eight out of tens a lot. Um, oh, nice. Um, yeah, looks cool. intriguing at least. And good actors. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I love Mary Elizabeth Winston, mm. and I love Paul Dano. Actually. Yeah, Daniel Radcliffe I love as a person, but not necessarily as an actor. But. Yeah, agreed. No comment. <laughs> do you know him personally? No, I don't know. No. <laughs> uh, the BFG. The BFG by Steven Spielberg, starring Mark Ryans, uh, who's in uh, Bridge of Spies, The Other Boring Girl, and R- Rebecca Hall, Bill Harder. A girl named Sophie encounters the big, friendly giant, BFG, who, yo. despite his in- intimidating appearance, turns out to be a kind-hearted soul who is considered an outcast by the other giants because unlike them he refuses to eat children you've been in japan for too long damn right <laughs> that's what's happening right now yeah and i'm really jet lagged um, <laughs> did you guys read that growing up the bfg yeah i found it weird because growing up in england that's a big book the bfg and yeah. i've met a bunch mm. of people here who've never heard of it who don't know what the film is i don't know what it is yeah i for me it's like everyone's read the bfg yeah but i think mm-hmm. that's because my mom is british and she was like you've got to read the bfg right yeah are you, are you interested in this then? No. Hmm. You know, I I probably will get a lot of flack for this, but I'm I'm never excited by Steven Spielberg movies. I am, but I'm just not. Yeah, but he's going to be digital, right, Lance? You know what I mean? It's going to be all... Is he? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he is the giant. He's the giant. So he's like, gonna have all these prosthetics oh, it, on. And it's not just big. No, it's CGI. Mark Ryan's. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, I'm, yeah, I do get excited about Steven Spielberg films, but not very often anymore. Sadly, um, particularly the last like Bridge of Spies, I didn't even know he was making until it was out. Yeah, and which was. They don't tend to good, name I check guess, him as much anymore, which is very strange. It's never like Steven Spielberg's this kind of thing. Yeah. They sort of suddenly, mm. oh, by the way, it's directed by Spielberg, which is weird. Mm. Um, this doesn't look very good to me. The CGI looks weird yeah, to me. Yeah, it doesn't look good. I love Rebecca Hall even yeah. more than any of the other previous actresses we've been talking about, but I love Rebecca Hall. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I love Mark Reynolds, but it's something about it. It doesn't feel right. I think maybe it's like I have such a idealized view of the book though. yeah mm. I, never, I, I like james and the giant peach which is the other raw doll yeah. movie but that was like heyday of yeah and that was a cool like stop motion and yeah stuff and... so uh, so well, by the way so many good fucking sh- like short film movie opportunities and his short stories as well like oh, right. there's so much material there oh. yeah that's true to be stolen that's true and used oh yeah the Purge, election year, directed by James DiMonaco uh, from The Purge, The Purge, <laughs> Anarchy, starring Elizabeth Mitchell, Lost, was in Lost, and Frequency, and Gia, 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 Gia? I've never known Gia. how to pronounce it. Gia, Gia. Uh, Frank Grillo from The Purge, Anarchy, <laughs> Winter Soldier. <laughs> Um, how just uh, me? I don't know, man. Just keep saying purge. Just keep saying the purge. Also and starring. also starring Mikkel Mikkelty. Yeah, why not? Yeah, Mikkelty Williamson from Conair Heat Forest Camp. Purge. No. Purge. No. The purge. The purge. <laughs> Two years after choosing not to kill the man who killed his son, former police sergeant. Burns has become head of security for Senator Charles Rohn, the front runner in the next presidential election due to her vow to eliminate the purge. The purge. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, the trailer for that movie, dude. Fuck. It looks, it's so B B movie. It's, it's crazy. so. I mean, they. I kind of thought like, ooh, there's a good opportunity to be topical here with all the Trump stuff. Yeah, you know? it could be. But the execution just doesn't look good no. at all. Could be. And it, I tell you what, this is like real... Because we reported a couple few weeks ago, were you on that podcast, Nate? Where real life stuff happened. Yeah. And the kid, like someone kidnapped people and said it was because he was purging and then he killed someone. I was on that podcast, yeah. All this horrible stuff. And for me, I'm still surprised they haven't pushed you know, the release date for this because of that. That wasn't um, a big story. I know. know. It was weird. It was like people, maybe because of everything that happened in Florida, it kind of got... Yeah, that's true. Mm. Yeah, pushed out because yeah. more tragic things were happening. out of the public view, but um, but I'll tell you what, sense. like being in the cinema for uh, I think both The Conjuring and The Shallows this was shown beforehand in trailers, and people just seemed a little bit uncomfortable with it. Um, and I was with Katie, and she just said like it made her feel really uncomfortable because it's just too close to home in yeah. terms of where mm. America's headed. Yeah, that mm. it's not something you want as escapism anymore because it's just ugh. that was my feeling too. It just sort of grossed me out. Like I was just sort of like. Which I guess is partly the point of horror films, but that's not the kind of horror film I enjoy. So. It wasn't the kind of gross that was good. I would be happy if it looked like it had fidelity. But as interesting, I didn't actually realize the same director's done all three. Um, because, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm just surprised. This one looks markedly worse 
than the other two mm. to me in terms of just the style of it it looks like it should be going straight to dvd yeah it's just such a resonating premise yeah it's a great premise it's just it's such a interesting why it's so popular now like why the premise resonates now like yep and it's it's so simple as well i think all of these you know yearly horror films like saw paranormal activity this and in the 80s it was obviously friday and nightmare and stuff you know, I, I I like that. I like having a yearly horror franchise. I'm just sad this my generation hasn't been the yearly horror franchise I want. I don't mind the paranormal ones; they're all kind of the same, so it gets dull. But at least they're kind of fun. Uh, but the saw yearly ones I hated, and these ones leave a bad taste in my mouth. There's not something I can really get behind. Yeah, and it's so shooty. You yeah, know? it's just so shooty. Like yeah, and I'm not behind. I don't really like the the good characters, and you certainly can't like the bad characters in the Purge movies. Yeah, and that's a problem with a horror film. You need to be backing at least one, if not both. Yeah. I mean, I feel like what would make the movies work really well is if you spent a lot of time not during the purge. Like, people, like, planning to purge and people, like... Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Like, that's what's interesting is seeing all this shit before and then mm. just, like, having the hyper-violent, like, sort of, like, overly masculinized, like, forms that they become during the purge. Okay. Because okay. that's what it's about, right? Like, the paranoia of, like, the people around you and, like, what they'd actually want to do to you if, like... Yeah. Like... But like, interesting. And then racism and class, classist sort of yeah hatred of yeah, different there's classes. A, there's and, so much yeah. you can discuss with yeah. these movies. It'll be interesting if he drops out and they give it to another director for one, and maybe they can do a more interesting job. Right now, Blu-ray releases. What's coming to the Blu-ray camera? Panda Three. Yes, I like Blu-rays. What? I'm just letting you know. Continue. Kung Fu Panda Three. Blu-ray. 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 Don't, don't you get racist <laughs> Kung Fu Panda 3. There you go. Eye in the Sky. Whiskey Tango Fox. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. No. It's, Which one? Whiskey it's Tango? It's good. Yeah? I liked it yeah. a lot. <laughs> like, I really liked it. Not also coming did. out. It doesn't care. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Cemetery of Splendor and uh, BVS Uncut on so, the online. There's a stipulation to that. Uh, the Batman vs. Superman. You can get it in certain territories through certain VOD uh, suppliers. Xbox has it for now if you're in America or Canada. You can get it right now, download it and watch it. It's not coming to Blu-ray for a while though. Um, and apparently, uh, dear friend Craig Caban, who uh, he's watched it already and says it's markedly better than the cinematic cut of Batman vs. Superman. Hmm. Um, it's got some yeah more meat to it. Cool. Semi-Dio Splendor, by the way. I'm excited to see this film. He's a, he's a very interesting director um, and looks cool. What games are coming out? Games. Uh, the Technomancer. Not meant to be no. very good. It's only beginning like yeah. 5 out of 10. It's like a bad Mass Effect. Lego Star Wars. The Force Awakens. It's a Lego game. So you know what you're getting. Seven Days to Die. I'm really excited about this. It's an online uh, multiplayer MOBA kind of thing with zombies and stuff and we don't but it's for console that's the big thing we don't really have those so i'm kind of and excited. inside on the on one this is the game of the week this is from the makers of limbo uh, which is one of the greatest yeah games of all time such a cool game indie games for sure yeah. and this is already the reviews have been 10 out of 10 this is better than limbo so i'm really Dope. excited and i've got it downloaded right now i'm gonna play it this evening awesome cod eater resurrection no, God Eater Resurrection. God Eater Resurrection. <laughs> Only on PS4. God Eater Resurrection sounds like our dinner later. 
Yeah, so honestly, this this one and you've got one, the last one, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. I, they may only be out in Japan. I'm a bit confused with the PS4 it's release. It's just funny Thanks. because cod, sorry. No. Cod could mean so many different things. It's not just like a fish. It could also be like a cod piece. Call of Duty. Like, I came back from the dead to eat a knight's cod piece. Res- resurrection. Res- yeah. Sorry, go on. I'm sorry. Um, yes. Next, uh, Star Ocean. Integrity and the faithlessness. Uh, this isn't meant to be great. It's getting, again, 5 out of 10 kind of reviews. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Eyes of Heaven, PS4. Yeah, so, like I say, JoJo and God Eater, I'm not even sure if they're out in North America. Um, I'm a bit confused with those games, but they're not meant to be great anyway. So, Thank you, Tamro. Thank you. Um, let's pick very quickly then before we move on. What happened? To the, there it is. There we go. No, that's not it. Where are the other releases? There we go. So we're going to go and see a new film this week. What are we going to see? Tarzan, Swiss Army Man, the BFG, or the Purge election year? Swiss Army Man. The Swiss Army Man, yep. Yeah, I'm Swiss Army mm. Man as well. I'm not crazy excited about anything this week, to be honest, but that's what I'd see. Yeah. Uh, if you're going to buy a Blu-ray, what are you going to buy? Cemetery of Splendor. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. I'm going to buy Cemetery of Splendor, because I have, and that's the only one I've bought, so I have <laughs> to go with that one. Um, and games, for me, it's definitely... I'm actually excited for Seven Days to Die, but inside is 100%, like... I'm so excited to see what the guys after six years now, seven years, six years it's been since Limbo. See what they've been working on this whole yeah. time. Yeah, it's gonna be cool. Very good. That's all the stuff coming out that you can spend your money on because you work so hard for it. So why not fritter it away on <laughs> meaningless uh, items until the day that you die and <laughs> sweet release and realize, oh, I contributed nothing. We're gonna move straight into box Whoa. office releases. Oh, no. <laughs> Sometimes I love your like fucking dark. Shit. It's the truth. We might as well be at peace with it. It's not like, unless you're out, look, let me put a caveat. If you're out there working on a cure for cancer, good on you. Stop listening to this bullshit and go and keep cracking on that because <laughs> it's way more important. Because we all need to extend our meaningless, our meaningless lives so we can consume we do. more. We and do. Try to find our identities and products. Exactly. And we're just spending our lives trying to create, you know, emotionally selfish products that basically whine about what it's like to be us and convey that through music or film. And then get other people who will resonate with what we're whining about so we can all whine together until Til we all sweet, sweet release. <laughs> <laughs> um, sweet, sweet release. Okay, here's the top 20 films in North America last weekend. Some interesting, interesting things that happened. Not really. Number 20, Maggie's Plan came out. Number 19, The Nice Guys. Still one of my favorite films in the cinema. If you haven't seen it, go and see it. Fucking great. Number 18, The Lobster. Also fantastic film. I want to see yeah. that. Still haven't seen it. I've got oh, it right here, dude. Take the blues. It's Take the oh, blue. Oh, you've got it? Yeah, I got it. Really well, good. let's double check it's region free before you take it because okay. mine's a UK one. 17, the Angry Birds movie. Way down there. 16, love and friendship. 15, the Neon Demon. Not a great opening. Film cost, I looked it up. How much was 15? it? 15? Cost like $8 million. Has oh, made $600,000 in its opening. Oh, weekend. brutal. Fuck. 14, the Jungle Book. 13, Captain America, Civil War, still, you know, wow. existing. 12, Alice Through the Looking Glass. Johnny Depp didn't care. Why should you? 11, Me Before You. That horrible. What? Horrible looking. What is that? Piece of, that's the one with the girl from Game of Thrones. And then she falls in love with the guy who's handicapped or handy capable or whatever is the appropriate thing for me to say. And there are all these posters and it was horrible. Of uh, Amelia Duncan, what's her name? Clark? What's her name? I don't know. Khaleesi. Uh, yeah, I forget her name. You've not seen those posters? No. Fucking horrible. And apparently the film is just unbelievably bad. Oh, good. But hey, it's still there. Well done, guys. Giving it money. 
Uh, number 10, Warcraft. Not done well. Not mm. done well at all. Had an overall... Uh, it's been out for three weeks. And it has made $44 million. Not great. Number 9, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, colon, Out of the Shadows. Number 8, X-Men, colon, Apocalypse. Number 7, Now You See Me, Duh. Number oh 6, God. we're getting into the new releases. Free State of Jones, the one with Matthew McConaughey, looks like a rapist on the posters. I want to see that. That's supposed <laughs> to be really good. It is. The yeah. posters are just hilarious. Though. It's just his face going, <gasps> he just looks like a scary ghost that you would run into in the middle of the night. I like it. Uh, number 5, The Conjuring 2, making Mr. Wan more money. Number four, The Shallows, above Conjuring 2. Ooh. Surprising, but it is new. Uh, it hasn't been out for as long. Number three, Central Intelligent. Everyone loves some Dwayne Johnson. He's still hanging in there. Oh, my fuck. Hang out with the Johnson. Number two, Independence Day, Resurgence. Not doing what they wanted. It's made $41 million in its first opening weekend. It was meant to make like 70 I think, or something. It made in its opening night $4 million. Ooh. Hmm. Uh, not been the resurgence they needed. Number one, <laughs> Finding Dory. Of course, you all want to go and see adorable little fish. Be sad. Uh, $73 million this week. Last week, $150 million. What an wow. open weekend that was. You know what wow. it all makes me feel like? It's the property. Do you know what I mean? I do it's know what you mean. It's the property. It's it not the film. It's the fucking property. I do know what you mean. What do you mean? Like, there's Neon Demon. 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 Which is like this really great film. Like this really well, original film. I mean, I haven't seen it To be fair, yet. most people hate it. And I can understand. But oh, it's, okay. It's an interesting film. But it's like below all these other films, which are like just sort of like rehashing. Yeah, but then you got Independence Day, which, yeah, granted, is at number two, but it is bombing. Like, it is not doing well for them. Yeah. Well, maybe not bombing, but it's not. It's been a disappointment. Okay. Um... Uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, it's like everything, it just sounds so much like there's the X-Men. And yeah, but you're never the... going to get... In the top 10, you're never going to get a new IP that's a weird, like, indie property. Like, it's never, ever going to happen. No, so I know, but... Never, ever, ever. Um, I'd be interested to see box office results by city yeah. rather than regional. Because regional, no, you're never yeah, going to get anything in the top yeah. 10. I'm actually surprised Neon Demon's at 15 and The Lobster's at 18. Like, honestly, I think that's quite remarkable. Yeah, sure. Go spend more money on these films. Yeah. Because, you know, you made it. And what are you going to do? Give it to your kids? It's like... But it's just weird because it's like, don't we want to watch good movies? Don't you want to watch good movies? Maybe not. No, but this is... But you can't, like, value what people... You know, people... Finding Dory is a good movie. I'm just saying, like... It's like... People forget that watching good movies is actually a good idea. No, no, yeah, but Nate, look, I'm with you, but you are you are defining what you think a good movie is, and for a lot of people, are you saying I'm not a universal standard? <laughs> is that what you're implying? No, not at all. Good. For a lot of people, all they want is escapism. That's all they need, you know. Like we, you and I are pretty depressed fellows, and we watch a lot of quote-unquote good movies. Maybe it's not good for our health, Nate. Maybe we just filled our lives with more just filler, fun escapism movies, which I think are completely valid. I'm all for it. It's not how I want to fill all of my but time. But see, that's the thing. Like, when I watch these movies, like, if I, I, I'm not even going to see X-Men because I know I'm going to have to confront the meaningless of exist, like, the meaninglessness of existence during the whole movie. It's like, I'd rather watch an interesting movie that's about something mm-hmm. than have to be, like, faced with, like, emptiness. Do you feel meaningless Do you know I mean? because like, you're not mutant? <laughs> 
No, but you know what I mean? It's like when you're watching something vapid. Yeah. That's when you're the most depressed because you're like, no, but nothing. No, but it's when you are are the most depressed. But for most people, they just want the escapism. Again, Al, you have to understand. I'm a universal (laughs) standard. Um, I disagree. It's one of my favorite things about movies is that everything has its place. And I could never imagine a demographic where, you know, the lobster is at number one and Neon Demon's at number two. Yeah, that would be scary. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily Something want to like live France. in that world. Yeah. I like feeling like I'm slightly more interesting in my media views than the majority of people. Mm. And I appreciate little weird things. Um, like I, no, I, I'm, uh, yeah, I disagree. Okay. So. I think it's fine. I think people like what they want to like. I mean, that's fine. The majority of the people just want different things from this stuff. I think you're right. I actually think you're right. That's all right. Yeah. That's all right. As long as the other things make enough money. As long as the people who do care about these movies go and see them and give them money. So here's the thing, Nate. Go and see these movies. I do. Go and see The Lobster. Go and see Neon Demon. If you want those movies to do better. I do. Do you? Do you? Maybe I just want myself to do better, and somehow I think by paying to see those movies, like in some weird universal reciprocity, I myself will do better. You know what I mean? If I'm completely honest. Hey, hey. Now, there's a huge jump in the uh, weekend gross. Um, yeah, there always is. Between the Jungle Book and the Neon Demon. Yeah. A huge jump. There's a massive jump normally from number one to two is enormous. Last week, I've gone what it was, but it was unbelievable it was like from no i remember actually it was from 150 million and i think the second one was central intelligence with 50 million mm, that was a jump wow. from one to two it was a hundred million dollars with the jump because everyone was just going to see fish hmm. thank you very much for joining our podcast this has been number 47 if i didn't say that at the beginning oh my god we're a year in guys waiting for what are we gonna do for the 50th where are we have 50th will be week after next will be and thing in vegas maybe week after that we'll be the two That'd be great. Uh, week after that, I'll be in thing. Week after that, I'll be in thing. I don't know. I might not even be hosting. Um, oh, fifty. Yeah, that's true. And if I do, I might be in the UK by that point. So Shit. we can do the special UK version just on your own. I can just me. Fifty will just be me. Dude, reflecting, I love that idea. Yeah. Reflecting, and I'll just play like clips from the previous episodes and talk to you guys as if you're still with me. <laughs> um, I've been your host Al White you can follow me on the social medias and Mr. Al White on all the social medias you can follow Tanro on all the social media I think Instagram uh, yeah I've started doing some Instagram are you Insta with your Grammy? it's quite Insta actually that's good yeah and Twitter how do we follow you? what are you? what's your name? Tanro Shida just that? no yeah. underscore? no no, just Tanro Shida no weird emoticon no, smiley just face Tanro Shida. no uh, just Tanro Shida Nate other yes. than G8ZFilms.com. G8 oh, shit. How can people catch up with well, See, I always say GHZ Films because that's easy for me to remember. For our international listeners, GHZ Films. GHZ Films. Um, from there, you can access my first book and you, my Twitter. Your oeuvre. And of my Hinharam. <laughs> so you can link to everything for now. So just go to GHZ Films. Yeah, just go Films. there and um, you can follow me. Excellent. My Twitter is also overtaken by my works Twitter, so... You can oh. check it out at, at Mobus Negotiator. Really? If you're so interested. I'm going to follow that. Improve now. your negotiating skills. Um, we have been We Are Tessellate. We are a production company run out of LA, run out of Tokyo, run out of London. We make feature films. If you go to wearetessellate.com, wearetessellate.com with two S's and two L's, you can see our music videos. You can see our short films. You can 
uh, link out to all of our social medias and stuff because we're on all the social medias as we are Tesselate. If you want to watch the video versions of these for some bizarre reason, but I don't know why, then go to YouTube, subscribe to us where we are Tesselate on there. You can also watch the Starfish Diaries, which goes up every other Monday. You can also watch the web series that are about to come out. You can also watch uh, or listen to Friday the 13th podcast, which starts next week. Once a week. No, sorry, twice a week is actually going to be. Um, we'll go through that entire franchise. Maybe watch them with us. Maybe we should think of something that you can only see on the video version. We've done that sometimes. If you go back through, there's some Easter eggs, but we got tired. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. There's some good Easter eggs. There's one in particular that is phenomenal <laughs> <laughs> that we don't even mention. So if you're just listening to this, you'd <laughs> never know. But if you watch it, that was a pretty fantastic oh, one. Maybe for the fifth years, there's somebody who just doesn't speak, so we don't know that just he's Just sitting, there. <laughs> just under the table, yeah. like yeah. David Lynch, Twin Peaks style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I tell you what, in Neil and Demon, he actually copies, it's so David Lynch, he copies that exact shot. Really? There's a bit where she walks into a room and something's just like behind the bed, like looking at her, and then she shuts the door again, and it's just like the bit oh in Twin Peaks. God. Only film better. <laughs> because wow. Beautiful. Um, thank you very much for sticking with us. We appreciate it. Until next week, we are out. Geeks. Geeks. Geeks.